Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. This message that I'm going to preach, and I have had a little pieces of it throughout the years, but this was the theme of our fourth Women Around the World Conference. So it's been that many years ago, and the theme was passion for your purpose. And so just a few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Lou preached on uh, patience for your purpose. And so today I'm going to talk about your purpose, but I'm going to talk about the power that follows our passion because if you've got a passion for something there's a strength that will get behind it and God is looking for men and women that will pursue him with everything they have in their heart because power is what makes things happen it's what causes the yokes and the bondages to be broken over our lives. Can you imagine what the church of Jesus Christ could be like if every born again Christian had a passion? had a passion for Christ and we returned to our first love just like when you first got saved you were so excited about what had happened you knew that something had taken place in you and God wants us to get back to that place where we know that he has done something for us so we're going to start today with Acts chapter 1 and verses 1 2 3 and 4 the former treaties have I made O Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, having seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Honey, will you pray over this message? Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the book of Acts, and I thank you that we're still yes. in the book of Acts today. And I thank you for the anointing upon Darlene. Thank you, Father. Her as just a young child. Thank you, my Father. The gospel. You've opened doors thank you, Father. Priest. And today we open up our eyes and our yes. ears to hear the word of the Lord. God, we open up our hearts to receive the word of the Lord today, and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, into this sermon today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When Jesus showed himself alive, it was after his resurrection. This particular passage of scripture, that's what it's talk about. And it's the greatest display of power that was ever known to mankind. And it took place on the third day after Jesus' crucifixion. It was when he rose from the dead. That's when that great power that was within in him was shown to the world. That's when the world around him knew that something, even though they had had it prophesied, even though that they had the old prophets, even though that they had understood that something was going to happen. Even when they nailed Jesus on the cross, even the disciples, it was so hard to understand exactly what was going on, what was happening. But on that third day, when he rose from the dead, that rose from that grave, that was when the power, it was manifested to us, to you and I, to those that were in that day, but throughout every day that we get to live on this earth. We know that men have died. We know that many 
men have been crucified, but none, none died for all. Not one other person had died for all and rose again for all. He did it. Everything that we needed, he did it. He showed himself alive, resurrection life, resurrection power. And we know that reading the word of God that uh, Jesus did, uh, he uh, came to his uh, disciples. He appeared to them several times in the 40 days after his resurrected uh, resurrection before he went back to heaven. But after his passion, Jesus had a passion. If we read and you picked out of those scriptures that we just did, Acts 1, 1 through 4, after he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also showed himself alive after his passion, Jesus was passionate about going to the cross. Jesus was passionate about going and stripping the enemy of the keys of life and conquering death, hell, and the grave. He suffered for us with passion. Remember so many years ago, and I've mentioned this through the years, but one of the, the, the movie that rocked this nation was The Passion of the Cross of the Christ. But how many people didn't understand that it was passion? What does passion mean? Passion means fervor. Passion means obsession. Oh, Jesus was obsessed with, with his passion to make sure that he did exactly what the Father had asked him of him and what he had agreed to. Passion means enthusiasm. Passion means zeal. It meant that Jesus would go to the cross knowing that that which he had been sent to this earth for would be completed. Passion is for a purpose if with something that you love. It's a craze. It's a delight. It's an excitement. It's any powerful emotion that you have or feeling for someone with a strong love. And some of us, yeah, that's how we feel about our mates. That's how I feel about this man on the front road. I have a passion for Daryl Rhodes, and I will keep that passion until the day I die because he is my man. This is... Yes, honey. That's right. Uh-huh. Jesus was passionate about setting mankind free. When Jesus rose from the dead, I am so glad that he threw off the grave clothes. He showed us that he was uncomfortable with the grave clothes that were on him. He was, he unwrapped the body of Christ. It was a sign to you and me that we are not supposed to stay wrapped up in the past that tried to kill us. But when resurrection power ignited our life, it brought us out of darkness. That's you and me. We are the body of Christ. And so why do we at times in our life try to, try to stay wrapped or allowing ourselves to be rewrapped? Sometimes we go through things and situations and the enemy, like you said a while ago, Bradley, the enemy will try to come back and he'll try to tempt us. And what he wants to do is rewrap you back in something you've already been unwrapped from. John 21.7, early in the first week of the... First day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple 
outrun Peter? Well, first of all, there's baby John, and he's always the one that is laying all over Jesus. He loves him so much, and Jesus loved him so much because he expressed his love. And he said they've taken him out. Then Peter and John, they begin to run. But John outrun Peter and reached the tomb first. Baby John, he bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. I think this is so, so relevant. He loved Jesus with all of his heart. And what he was wanting to do was just to look in. And all he had to do was look in and Jesus was not there. That's all the information he needed to know. And he was going to go and find out where he was. But, oh, don't you love Simon Peter? Don't you love those that, that just have to know a little bit more about, you know, uh, we're, we're the, the wishy-washy ones sometimes a little bit more. But Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and he went in into the tomb he saw the strips of linen laying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus head and the cloth was folded up by itself separate from the linen the grave cloth as we know went around the face and if uh, if we if you walked around with that then what do we know? We can't see, we can't smell, we can't taste. Anybody felt like that kind of wearing the mask? You know, like it's, but that's what a cloth does. By itself, it would hinder the senses, it would hinder the smelling, and it would suffocation. But most of all, it would hinder the sight because sight represents revelation. And so what Jesus is wanting us to see here What Peter saw was powerful. Not only was he gone, but here laying was wrapped up, folded up very nicely, and laying there, according to the word of God, he said, I just folded up what was trying to stop revelation flowing in Peter's life, flowing in our life. Peter needed to see that. He needed to understand that there was purpose, and we need to understand that. What Peter saw was powerful. Jesus took off the clothes. He folded them up, and he said to the enemy, mankind is free. We are free because I just folded up anything that you want to bring against mankind to stop the revelation of who I am to them. So he did that for us. Why is it that sometimes we come into church on Sunday morning and we have a hard time to worship him? We have a hard time to putting our hands up. Sometimes we have a hard time to concentrate. Sometimes we can't get our mouth to just say, holy, holy, holy. But I'm telling you what, if we understand what he has done for us, we will begin to operate out of a passion for the Christ, passion that he had to set us free. And he gave that to us so that we can help other people free. Remember what Jesus did when Lazarus died, when he came out of the tomb. John 11, 43, 45. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. He said, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. He, see, 
this is what you do when you're die when you were dying or when you were dead they would wrap you because you didn't need to see anymore you didn't need to have sight anymore if you're dead so they can wrap you real tight and they could put that linen cloth over you but I'm telling you there's something wonderful here because Jesus has delivered us from from that death he's delivered us from that which the enemy wanted to keep us bound and he said Lazarus come out the dead man came out his feet and his hands wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face and Jesus said to them take off the grave clothes and let him go when Jesus says I don't want you to live where the dead live I want you to see what I have empowered you to see because I there is power in your passion he said loose that man and let him go because that which would suffocate and paralyze I want you to take it off because he was wrapped with linen around his hands and around his legs and Jesus spoke prophetically that day and he's speaking prophetically today to every individual in this church to everyone that is watching and listening to every person sitting in this building he is saying I have loosed you from everything that is trying to suffocate the life out of you Lazarus was resurrected by resurrection power but he needed to be loosed. We got saved, but there's still things that try to keep our hands bound. There's still situations that we're not facing or we're not understanding that we've been delivered from that, that he set us free from that. Resurrection power, it is inside of us, and that power needs to be released into our life. Do you know we don't have to defend the reality of God? We just need revelation of the power that is in us. We have to understand sometimes, I don't know why people don't get healed, and we all don't know that, but I don't have to make excuses to make Jesus look good because he already paid the price, and I know that he's the healer. I know that he's the deliverer, and I know there is a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come to give you life, and not only have I come to give you life, but I want the grave clothes off of you because I want you to have the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that is inside of you. Amen. We have to release Jesus to do what he wants to in our life because he'll defend himself. Acts 1 and 3 says, after his passion, he showed himself alive. Hebrews 12 and 2, let's go there. Keep your eyes on Jesus, our leader, our instructor. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy. Does that sound like passion? I mean, the passion of the Christ. Did we understand when we watched that movie that that was the one thing that he was waiting for? He wasn't waiting for all of the miracles that he was going to do, even though they were mighty and even though uh, God was glorified in it. He was waiting for the time, even though it was so painful. He was waiting for that time when he was crucified and when he come back out of that grave totally made whole so that he can say, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Him. because of the joy he knew would be his afterwards great joy is Jesus sitting in heaven that he did what he set out to do great joy is it when you understand that the same power resurrection power that raised him from the dead dwells in you this is the key to the power of God in our lives to 
to heal the sick, to get people saved, to get people delivered. Everything we need to have joy in our walk and experience the power of God is connected to passion. Should I tell you again what passion is? Or will you look it up in the dictionary and find out what is passion? It's many things, but power follows passionate. And when God's can find some people that are passionate about him, passionate about the word of the Lord that's been spoken over your life, passionate about what God revealed himself to you in, a, in time of prayer, a passion about, oh, I didn't know the word of God said that. And you get excited and you begin to expound on that. You begin to rejoice in that. You begin to see that God wants you whole, that God wants you delivered. Power follows passion. Elijah was a great man of power. He prayed one time, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Wow. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? And, but look at this, James chapter 5. I mean, we think, wow, Elijah, you prayed one time. And for three years, it didn't rain. I've prayed, I've prayed 500 times, and nothing's happened about the same thing. Maybe, just maybe, we should pray in faith and begin to thank God that is done. But James, I'm glad he put this in here for us. Elijah was a man just like us. Can you believe, can you believe this, Luke, that, that James is telling you and me that, he, that Elijah was someone just flesh, just like us? Isn't that amazing? He prayed earnestly. That it would not rain, and it did not, did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And then again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced this crop. Elijah was a man that had such power that he raised the dead. Elijah prayed over a piece of bread, and it multiplied enough bread to feed a hundred priests. Now we'd all say, wow, now that's, a, now that's some power, right? This is Old Testament meat stuff, but it's called the power of God. It's still the power of God. And it's interesting that in the New Testament, James would say that he was just like us because he had to walk the walk by faith, and he had to believe that when God spoke, what God said meant that it was for him to act upon. The Bible doesn't tell us anything about the genealogy of Elijah. All we know that is he was Elijah the Tishbit. He just shows up on the scene of God's word. See, it didn't matter. We didn't need to know who Elijah was. God did. And it was a man that had passion. And he had the power of God operating in his life because power follows passion. Some of you today are saying, wow, I sure wished. Where is, where are the Elijah's God? Where?" Are Elijah's of God. Where? And we say, we want the power of Elijah. And God is saying, he wants the passion of Elijah. He wants men and women that just believe. God says, I, I want you to become a passionate person about me. And if you'll do that, I'll show you my power. I will take you in places you would never have believed you could go. You would just by faith, the spirit of God would rise up within you and you would say, devil, you back off in the name of Jesus. Now shut your mouth and get out of here. 
And you would say it because you would know it was the power of God in you. Jesus called the cross his passion. After the cross, he showed himself alive so that we, you and I, could enjoy his resurrection power. We talked a little bit about this story on our podcast. I'm not sure if it was the first or second one, but in Mark 5, there's a woman about a woman who desired to be healed of an issue of blood and she had been sick for 12 years we were talking about warriors see I believe with all of my heart that God is raising up warriors in this day and time he's raising up people that are passionate about what they believe why do you think the president why do you think the people of Ukraine are standing their ground because they have a passion for their nation because they believe that they're being done wrongly they begin to believe that this is our territory they're beginning God is looking for some men and women that have a passion about their lives and about their children and their grandchildren, about the children that's around them, that says, uh-uh, devil, this is the land that God has gave us. We will stand here. We are warriors because God has called us to take up our arms. What's our arms? What arms are we supposed to take on? Well, I'm glad you asked that because the word of God tells us to put on the helmet of salvation, to put on the right, uh, breast of righteous place, uh, to, to gird our our loins with the word of God, right? The shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness and shod our feet with the gospel of peace. I didn't get them all right, but I think they were there somewhere. <laughs> but that's what, we have, that's what we have to put on. We have to know that we have that available for us. But this old lady, she'd been sick for all these years and she pressed in past the logic. Logic says there's too many people around here. There's too many other people that need what Jesus has. I'm never going to be get to him. Logic says you're unclean. If you get caught out here, you're going to be really in trouble because she was bleeding and she was not permitted to touch anyone and be out in public according to the old covenant. But she pressed past the logic of the day. God help us to press past the logic of what we see and what we feel and what we think. And she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. Jesus was walking. Possibly there were thousands. At least we know there were hundreds of people that were pressing in close because they said it was a large crowd trying to touch him. Interesting, by the way, Jesus never passed through this city again. Isn't it something that this woman had a passion that says, I've got to get to him. She didn't know that he was not coming through there again. She didn't know that. But the urgency, the passion that was within her, she pushed through. And the power of God brought her deliverance. The scripture said, who touched me? The disciples said, "How do? what do you mean? But Jesus said, I know when somebody is after the power. I know when somebody's tapping in. He knew that passion had touched him. Someone was desperate. Someone that needed the power to survive. And when we release more than just a form of godliness in our life to God, if we will rend our hearts and not our garments, we will release the passion from our very being so that we can have the power of God in our life. I'm telling you, there are warriors that are rising. I believe that with all my heart. God's people are rising up. It's interesting that this woman broke through a new dimension in the spirit of God because no one had ever been healed by his clothes before that time. Isn't that interesting? No one. She was the very first that when she touched him, on every other occasion, he had either spoke healing or laid hands on the sick. 
But listen to this. Let's go to Matthew 14, 34, 36. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all that surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick and begged him that they may only touch the hem of his garment. Isn't that something? And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. Interesting, isn't it? Demonstrated a passion produced power. Passionate people cannot be fearful. This little lady, she broke through and the word spread that if you can just get to Jesus, his miraculous power, when a Weak, sick woman full of passion touched Jesus. You don't know what when you allow God to use you. When you allow to believe God, you don't know how it's going to affect so many people. We don't have a doctrine today of going around and touching the hem of Jesus' garment. But I tell you what, faith rose up because of her passion to be totally made whole. Faith will move a mountain. We hear that. But I also want to tell you today that faith, fear will create a mountain. So we need to be careful when we turn to our first love and we'll begin to seek after him and say, you know, I know that you're at the same place and I will not leave. Revelation 2, 4 and 5 said, you've forsaken me, your first love. Repent and do the things you did at first. When our love for Jesus returns, when we get passionate about him again. You say, how do, what, what does that mean? That means that we're excited to go to the house of the Lord. Where It's not just Lou that's happy on Sunday morning. We're happy to go to the house of the Lord. We're happy to be in his presence. We're happy to worship in the corporate anointing because we know that there's something that happened when people come together and they get agreement in agreement. And when we begin to get passionate about his word, passionate about being still and quiet and allow him to minister to us. The 120, remember them in the upper room before Pentecost? They were there a long time before anything happened, 50 days in one place. They prayed, they prayed, they prayed, and they prayed because they were passionate about the promise. See, you can get passionate about the promise of the word of God. We need to be passionate about what God's saying about us and to us, about our children, about our community, about our country. We need to get passionate about it. But they prayed because there was a promise that said you go and you stay until you are endowed and do with power from on high. And it was, they didn't even know what they were waiting for. Honest to goodness, they didn't have a clue. They were just being obedient. They believed what Christ had said. They believed that something was going to happen. They had seen resurrection power. You and I have seen resurrection power. So therefore, it's okay for us to believe. It's okay for us to trust. It's okay for us, even when all hell is breaking loose, even when it's been 50 days, even if it's been five years, even if it's been 10 and it's been 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, don't give up on the brink of your miracle because if God said it, it will come to pass. What would happen in our personal lives, in our homes, if maybe those who've been passive would become passionate about prayer? Wow, if all of a sudden, we would fast a meal every week. 
How about all of a sudden we'd fast a day every week? How about all of a sudden we'd begin to pray like we've never prayed before? We just find ourselves praying unceasingly according to the word of God because you can pray no matter where you're at. You know, a lot of times Max and I'll be riding around and say, Bella, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just praising God. You know, what are you doing? I'm just praying for somebody. You know, what are you doing with your time? If we become passionate, God wants to show himself so strong in our life and we have to learn to live on God's nothings. Nothing happened for 50 days for the 120 people stuck in a little room. Nothing. But they waited. We must learn to keep our passion when nothing is happening. Remember Elijah who sent his servants to go see if it was raining. Elijah, the man that had prayed and knew that God was going to answer, he sent his men to check the clouds on the horizon, see, and seven times he came back and there was nothing. But then all of a sudden there was a move in the spiritual realm, and you're going to know it when there's a move in the spiritual realm. You're going to know it. You don't see it yet, but you know there's something moving, and I'm telling you, warriors right now are alert. Warriors right now know that something's happening. They know that something's different, and God's getting ready to take us into a new place, a new dimension. We don't even know what it looks like. We don't even know how to get there, but we've been alerted because we have, we have been listening. He sent his servant, but each time he said no, he said, uh, the servant said no. So he bowed to the ground. He put his face between his knees, and he continued to pray. But on that seventh time, there was just a little cloud, and sometimes all we get is that little unction. Sometimes it's, I don't see it, but I'm going to gird myself up, and I'm going to go ahead and run with that passion because I don't know what God's doing, but I know he's doing it. Have you ever been to the place? And we all have. Yes, yes, yes. Heaven just seems totally shut up. It's brass. You feel like you're just, it's not even getting to the ceilings, much less a wall. You feel like you're just speaking. We've all been there. So take heart. Your pastors feel like that sometimes too. Of course, we felt like that so many times. that uh, It's a shame we didn't log those because we'd have to have several books. But I'm telling you what, when we stood anyway... We're eating the fruit of all those times when there was nothing happening. None of the promises seemingly were coming to pass. But I'm telling you, when we hang in there and we keep our passion, it will produce the power that we need in our life because power follows passion. In the word of God, every time people got desperate and down to nothing, God was up to something. Oh, I'm telling you, all of you that's listening today, you may not see it, but your God is up to something. He's looking at that warrior spirit in you. He's looking at you, and he sees warriors that are rising up. He, there are those that have said, marked your territory and said, uh -uh, this is the home. This is our home. Tiffany and Lou, they got struck by lightning this last week, and, and uh, it, it, did, it did some... Uh, Minor damage. It was very minor, but it's so easily it could have set fire to their house. I mean, it hit their house. It could have set fire, but the angels of the Lord are encamped around. They went in, they marked that place before they ever moved in. They put up signs and they wrote on the walls underneath and they've played, played the blood of Jesus over it. They've spoken the word of God over it. I'm telling you, sometimes you have to mark your territory and say, oh, Satan, I saw you that you got right up there, but you couldn't come on in. Now you loose and let my kids go. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, they will follow after God. I don't care if they're being idiots right now. That is not who they're going to end up being because I pray the word of God over them and they will return to their borders. We have the power of God if we can muster up enough passion to believe the word of God. 
the word of God, fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. Mm, love that message. Ravens fed the prophet. The water was parted for the Israelites when the Egyptians were breathing down their neck. Go figure. Look at that devil. Sent an angel to free Peter from prison. Gave Paul boards. Can you imagine that you could possibly get through a storm out in the ocean and make it out in the sea and still make it on boards and make it all the way to where God said you were going? I don't care what, if your board is small and you're gulping every once in a while, I'm telling you, if God spoke to you, you're going to get on the other side. It's just going to happen. Saved the widow woman and her son's life by a passionate prophet. She was down to nothing and God was up to something. Aren't you glad he's releasing his power on some passionate people, warriors? See, a few years ago, and I believe it with all my heart, I don't know if it was two years or three years, I remember when God spoke to me, and he said, reposition. I had no idea what reposition. God, are you going to move us out, or do we need to go? What, what are you saying? But he wouldn't answer me. He just said repositioning. So I began to understand as time went on, you're going to reposition. You're going to change your stance. You're going to... Stand strong, stronger. You're going to know everything you've been through, everything you've seen, the power of God working in your life. Your stance is different because a warrior's stance is different. When we know that we've got something valuable that the enemy wants, we're not going to let him get in there and get it. Amen? We're not going to do it. God's looking for some people, solid rock. We are that people that are going to say, stand and say, uh-uh, devil, no more. This is territory. This belongs to me. Oh, we may have screwed some things up. We may have messed some things up, but your mercy and your grace, you have forgiven us, you've delivered us, and we have been planting the seed of the word. And therefore, God, I know that that which you have spoken, you are going to come to pass. Bring it to pass, Lord, bring it to pass. You know, there are a lot of good songs sung, a lot of good information given by speakers, by pastors such as Daryl and I. But there's no, if there's no passion in the singer to steal the avenger with their praise, and come on, praise and worship team, you need to, we all need to be thinking about this. We need to be singing with a passion about the Christ when we sing. Because there ought to be enough anointing in the praise and worship team, and I believe there is, but I tell you what, we need to strike up, not only strike up the band, but strike up our passion. And let the enemy know that we're here to praise God. We didn't come from any other reason but to give him glory. We're not here for any other reason but to give him praise today. And you know, a preacher may have a good message, but is there any power? To cause listeners to want to repent, to change, to do something about their passion. God help us to get the passion on the platform, but back in the pews so that the power of God can daily be demonstrated in our lives. Not only does it need to be on the platform, but the doors with the greeters, with the ushers, with the teachers, with the nursery, with the youth leaders, with hospitalities, altar associates, every musician, every singer, every person in this church. Passion is the calling of the Spirit. Mm. I know it was so good. That's why I had to preach it. Huh? But I'm so humbled and honored that you loved it so much that you wanted to. I know, you're a sweetheart. To bring power to our life. We can't not come to church and treat God like we can take him or leave him. We try to sit in church with our spiritual remote controls. 
And I can honestly say that that's not how I feel Solid Rock is today. We, have, we, we, we were that way at one time. That's not who we are now. But that's for all those that's listening out there. I will tell you that Solid Rock has matured and grown so much. Now, don't get puffed up in pride. We got to, you know, take your stance. You're warriors. Warriors in your home, warriors on your job. Uh-uh, the devil just tries to steal. He'll steal you blind if he can do it. He'll keep you miserable, sick, happy, unha- unhappy, and broken every day if we'll let him. But I'm telling you, resurrection power says, uh-uh, devil. Oh, I'm tired. I'm weak. I'm crawling on the ground. But I heard Jesus was passing by. I heard that the anointing was going to be there. I know that if I can just make it to church on Sunday morning, I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise God. I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that when I leave, that something has been dropped into my spirit that is going to change my life. Because so... We've been programmed. If we don't like something, we just change the channel. We'll check out and look and see what's on Facebook while we're in church. And I understand we have people here that are watching and monitoring and, and speaking. That's different. Or some was like, you know, you'll get your Bible. It's been happening when my dad was preaching years ago. If your Bible, eh, I don't really care what he's saying, but him. I'm getting lost in something else over here. We don't hear the little nuggets that God is wanting to do a work in our lives. It's dangerous for ministry to grow if our passion for him is shrinking. That's why God wanted this message preached today. Because church, stir it up. We're like the 120 We may not know what it all looks like. We don't even know what it's going to feel like. But we do know that there are lives out there that are watching us and what we do. It's dangerous when your career is growing, your dreams are getting bigger, your bank account is getting fatter. It's dangerous when everything on the outside is getting larger, but your passion for Jesus is shrinking smaller and smaller. That first love that we had when we got saved. In the natural, we can feel empowered. But we're at our weakest and most vulnerable if our passion for Christ is shrinking. The more he blesses you, the more stronger your passion should be. It's not about our careers. It's not about our family. It's not about our ministry, but it's the passion of the Christ that we're after. And we all know that the enemy is subtle, that he'll try to get our eyes off on problems and situations. We all know that. When that happens, our passion, if we start seeing the lack, our passion for Christ will shrink because all we can see is our lack. God just says, oh, if I can find a group of people that won't allow their passion or will stir themselves up again. Daryl and I, we don't want to strike the rock when God is saying, speak to it. We all need to be really careful with what we're hearing, what we're saying, and what we're doing. See, you were, church, we're repositioned. We're in a position to stand our ground. Because the enemy wants to, one by one, he wants to annihilate people of the congregation, people in your family, 
God is saying to you. Don't strike what I said, speak. What is it that God is saying? If he doesn't tell you something new, then you just stay with what he's already said to you. You know, it's the passion of Christ. Stand to your feet. It's a passion of God that has keep, kept Pastor and I being met missionaries and pastors for over 45 years. I know we were only 10 when we started. <laughs> but to still enjoy it <laughs> and still have a passion, oh my goodness. Do you know we love being your pastors? Do you understand that it's the greatest calling that we could ever have? What an honor. It is to be your pastor, Solid Rock. What an honor it is that God would allow us to do so. And what an honor it is that God ever allowed us to go across the sea and to be a missionary and preach to women and to men. What an honor it is to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I remember, and see, it's the passion that keeps Daryl and I going. I remember in the 80s going to John Osteen's missions conference, listening to T.L. and Daisy. You've heard this story, but you're going to hear it again because God reminds me so many times of it. I get excited. I get moved every time I think about it. Daisy Osborne was up, and she was talking about their missions trips. And I would sit, and I would weep as she would talk. I mean, I was just sitting there bawling as she was talking. She was telling about how her and her husband would be preaching in different places. And she was telling, I, I remember one time she was talking about crossing this dangerous river and the terrible conditions. But I heard the passion in her voice, and that passion spoke so much to my heart. I said, God, if you could use Daisy Osborne, could you use me? I believe you could. I had a passion put in my heart because somebody else was passionate about the call of God. And this was before we ever went to Africa for the first time. It was way before when I was in Armenia one year. And Daryl preached in one place, and I preached in another and they put me in a car with two men, and I never rode around with any kind of men, ever. I was with two men, and I couldn't understand what in the world they were saying, but they were taking me to preach and bringing me back to another place. And I was having the time of my life. That's what passion is. 120 miles, I'm telling you what, it was, a, it was fun. Because of the passion to preach the gospel, I enjoyed the trip. God wants us to enjoy the trip of our life. Jesus said, I need to go to Samaria. I must go there. The disciples, they didn't want to go because Jesus walked 36 miles. He will go out of his way to get you where you need to go. He walked 36 miles to have an appointment with a Samaritan woman. That's how important that she was, and that's how important we are. Why shouldn't we be a passionate? Why shouldn't we be passionate about this Christ? She was worshiping a mountain that she didn't even understand why she was worshiping it. She only knew what the first five books of the Bible were about. That's all. Some people only know. Their minds are so small, they only know a little bit. They don't know about this power of God that comes and follows passion. But you, your life can show it. She'd been married five times, living with the six. The disciples had Jesus 
and they had the full gospel where this woman only had part. They'd seen miracles, but they wanted in the natural. They were full and they had lost their passion. Jesus found someone who was hungry, powerless, and desperate that wanted the truth. Everyone worships something. Every person in here, you are worshiping something. What are you worshiping? Jesus filled her with living water, and that's what he wants to do to us. Our passion for Christ is going to change the world. It is changing the world. Bradley, every time you tell your testimony, every time you sing a song, a testimony, you always have a cho choice. You're going to have a lot of choices. You're going to have to make the choice over and over and over. You know, wait that 50 days when nothing's going on and you're making hard choices, but you don't, no rewards seem to be coming out of it except you're miserable. But you just keep on. And I'm telling you, God will take you and can't take you to places you've never thought about with victory that you know nothing about, that you haven't tasted yet. Choice. 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 Because our spark for Christ can start a fire. We need to be setting some fires everywhere we go. I thought it was interesting today in our choice of songs, and, and I know we had to do some last-minute scrambling because of two different members that weren't here that couldn't be here today. But I thought it was interesting, the songs that we sung, because it was talking about you come, come as you are. Come into the church. Come come to me, wherever you're at. If you're at home, you're in your bedroom, and you just feel, you just feel overwhelmed, he's saying, come as you are. Come to me. Come as you are. And he was saying, we don't have to be ashamed of who we were because that's not who we are. We are not at all who we were. Thank God for that. Amen. But I thought it was interesting. And then when Bradley got up and sang, I thought, God, there are people in this audience today that don't know who they are. They're sitting in here, and the enemy is just pointing at them. And with the songs that we sang, they were a couple of them were almost like altered call songs, which is unusual for us to do in the, that part of the service. But then when he got up and sang, I believe that God is speaking to some hearts today. I really do. I believe that... I don't know. Everybody here may be saved. That's possible. Everybody that's listening may be saved, but unlikely. But I believe there's some that are needing forgiveness. Some people need to just forgive themselves. That's the hardest thing in the world is to forgive yourself. You can forgive others, but we have to be really, really careful on the forgive others because sometimes we haven't really forgiven others. And if you haven't, it still stinks. When you pull it out, it's still some grave cloth wrapping revelation from you. It's keeping your eyes where you cannot see. 
See, we can hide some things from other people, but we can't hide things from God. And there's some people here that really haven't forgiven some people. I don't know why in the world that God gives me the heavy stuff and gives him the fun stuff. I mean, he's the funniest preacher I know around. But I really do believe that God is dealing with hearts and he says, I want you to really forgive. I want you to forgive yourself because if you don't forgive yourself, you can't forgive others. But revelation will not be able to see it because of the grave cloth that is around where your sight is supposed to be. So I want to pray with you today. I don't know. You don't have to raise your hands. I just know that God God went to an awful lot in this service for you. He cares about you so much. And if you're all out there, that's great. You receive it too. But I want to pray for you because I really believe that we lose sight of our first love because we've let so much of the world around to entangle us and we can't totally let go and God is saying I want my warriors to let go I need you to let go of anything that is holding you back Father I pray for your people today I believe that you are speaking loudly to your people and God I know without a doubt that every person under the sound of my voice loves you and I believe that they are ours wanting to be totally free. So I pray, Father, that true forgiveness, God, that thing that has caused them to be blinded, that is wrapped around their eyes, where they can't have the revelation that you're trying to show them. I pray, God, they'll press into you and they will forgive those who have so severely hurt them, have so severely caused them pain. I pray in the name of Jesus that that be broken off of them. I pray that 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 bitterness will go out of that little corner that little piece that they've kept in there it'd be totally removed today and I pray God that they'll forgive themselves for hanging on and I thank you for it father I thank you for setting your people free I thank you for passion on your people I want you to say this declare this with me with passion I'm going to serve you with passion I'm going to worship you because power will follow the passion and I will be able to help set other people free amen give the Lord a good hand clap of praise Thank you for joining us today at At The Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock 
at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at darleneroads.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.